everybody, it's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of LOI Central and today's show we're going to talk to Shane Keegan and Neil Horgan um, just I guess to reflect on the Cork City Dundalk situation, the, really the mighty fall of two ex-mighty clubs struggling so badly this season um, but first of all we're going to react to the draw for uh, both the Champions League and obviously the Conference League. Uh, Shamrock Rovers off to Bratislava. Uh, City I haven't been to yet, um, maybe we'll try to rectify that, but they're playing Bratislava, Slovan Bratislava, 6th or 7th of July with the return leg a week later, and uh, in the Conference uh, League then we have Sligo against Hafnafjordur, Bowes against Starnan, and Dundalk uh, against Utown AFC, and Dundalk are going to form yet again a large part of the conversation this week with Vinnie Perth, apparently on the verge of returning to the club, it just doesn't... Uh, th- th- the story just keeps on rolling at Dundalk. We're in association with futureticketing.ie. Thanks a million to Liam Holton for coming on last week and just explaining the situation with uh, fans returning to the crowd, uh, to the ground rather. And we are where you will get all your podcasts, uh, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, over to you, Dan McDonald. How are you? I'm okay, Johnny. I'm um, I'm I'm on a little bit of a break this week, so I'm... Uh... We also have Holly Horgan down, obviously. Holly Horgan, who I spoke to before heading off, but I'm uh, down down in Sota Island at the moment here for a couple of days. So I'm sort of um, dialing into some of the new stories from afar as opposed to working on them. So, um, but obviously there's just quite a bit going on (laughs) as usual usual, uh, with Dundalk. um, Is Vinnie Park getting the job? Well, listen, we're now speaking on Wednesday morning here. Um, I gather he was in yesterday, but I will caveat by saying, like as I said, I'm not working this as I would be mm. if I was working for the paper. So, um, but that's certainly my understanding. Certainly, my understanding that Dave Rogers was in meetings with Jim Jilton on Monday, planning, um, you know, becoming the manager and all of that, and then all of a sudden, Bill Holzheiser decided to to bring in Vinny, um, and and that that is what happened. Um, I don't know. I don't know what whether we will have another. Uh, Dundalk United front press conference or not I don't know what the plan is as I said um, but that's certainly what happened um, and it's it's obviously a reminder as much as anything that you can hire a sporting director all you want on a, on big money all you want he, he doesn't doesn't make the big decisions at the club that was made by Florida and I think it was the whole sizers as well I think for mm. some reason there was an ov- overall family intervention there um, and it's all it's all very strange, really, to be honest. Um, I sort of feel like I need to think about it before, but I need to like commit my thoughts to print in a way and 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 figure out what to make of the whole thing. Really, I mean, it is it is it is highly bizarre. I think I think most people around the club find it very very strange. Um, I think I think you have to listen. You have to be fair. Um, and I, I'm sure. Like I'm obviously not part of your discussion with, with Shane Keegan, so I know you're going to you're going to you're going to probably discuss it there. Um, but I think you have to be very fair. Like ultimately, you know, Vinnie Parrott is is an out of work manager with a pro license in the League of Ireland, and jobs are very hard to come by. And you know, if you're if if you if you don't work for a period of time, it can be very hard to get back in. So I, I can understand why someone would be desperate for for any job. Um, and and that is a, a very natural emotion. Like you've got a family, and and you know, like that 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 that's you know you can't 
and 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 you can't um and you have to sort of wish someone all the best and hope that they can make a success of it you know for themselves and for a club that is really struggling uh, at the moment but it's, it's highly unorthodox the whole situation i mean it is it is ultimately the case here that like where things started to go wrong for Dundalk last year was in 2020 where the dominant relationship at the club, the primary relationship at the club was the relationship between Bill Holzheiser and, and Vinnie Perth. Um, and that obviously led to, to Vinnie ultimately leaving. Mm. Um, and yes, you know, that, that, that relationship was maintained. You know, Vinnie Perth certainly would have spoke to people when he left and said that Bill Holzheiser had said, well, I'd love to be hiring you back one day. But, but, but part of people didn't think that was ever going to happen. Certainly now it not is happening. In 2021. But, but that is the, the dominant relationship at the club again. Um, and I was talking about this before, like it, it sort of raises you know, questions about the position of Jim Magilton ultimately because... Of course, he's completely the, been undermined. The, the dominant relationship at the club is going to be between the manager and the chairman again. And that obviously would have been the issue with Filippo. Filippo was, was Bill's person and then Jim Magilton come in and there would have been a friction there between Jim and, and Filippo. So you're probably just creating that type of situation again. Now, let's be clear, you know, the reason Jim Jilton didn't get the job for the rest of the season as was planned is, I mean, they lost to Waterford last Friday. Things aren't great. And as much as there's definitely disquiet about Vinny coming back amongst players, and, and, and there is, and obviously players will come out now and they will never say that. Like they obviously have to come out and support the manager. And, and in fairness, a lot of people in the dock would say, well, the players haven't earned the right to be unhappy about anything. The results have been dreadful. And they are like, one of the highest performance, you know, highest, they are the highest paid squad in the country. So they can't really complain um, about anything. But there is this quiet there. And I think, I think Vinny won't succeed unless he, you know, unless he meets that head on and, and, and deals with it and, and doesn't pretend that it doesn't exist because there obviously is this quiet there. But it must be said as well that it was obviously disquiet about how Jim Jilton was going about some things, you know, and there's, you know, there was, I think there was players upset about aspects of stuff and you know, there's been staff leaving over the last couple of months that, um, you know, I think there they, they would have been some friction there with new people coming in as opposed to just it all being friction related to to, to say that how the club was being run. So, like, you know, there, there's been a lot of issues there um, and it's not just a case of, like, you know, one side with, with sun shining on them and, and, and the other side with not. Like, there's, there's a lot of issues there and that's how they've ended up in this position. But, like, you know, they didn't want to hire a new manager and spend on them um, because mm. for all the talk about the 200 applicants and all of this, um, you know, Peak are seriously considering their future would appear. And as a result, you know, it, it appears that Vinnie Perth was willing to, to come in and work, you know, on a short-term deal, you know, probably for modest enough reward. And, you know, as I said, like, you know, there's an admirable aspect to that. Um, in the sense that I gather Vinnie Perth has been speaking to people and sort of said he feels he can save the club and help the club. There's obviously like there's a bang of desperation offered from all sides too here in terms of how it's it's come come to this. Um, I so can it's, completely it's, it's, see why Vinnie is, is going for this because it's not obviously apparent that he was in contention for various other jobs around the League of Ireland. He's also inheriting a, a, a situation that surely can't get any worse. I mean, can Dundalk actually get any worse than they've been so far this season? Well, I mean, listen, I, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, listen, as I said, Vinny has a great opportunity here. Like, he's in the seat now. Like, mm -hmm. he's going to be in the seat, unless this changes by the time we go out. Like, he's in the seat. And for all the noise and all the reservations that some people may have, um, like, if he goes in and gets results, you know, and, 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 and I, I would have to say, and listen, I'd have no problem saying this to him, you know, learns from previous mistakes. 
you know. Um, but obviously, the the, the 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 overriding concern here is that does a leopard change its spots that much? In the sense that, like, you know, like how how things are operated by that particular chairman, you know, and the, you know the chairman felt felt like last year for whatever reason he could offer the input that he did, and 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 that led to Vinny leaving. And I think Vinny obviously now, if Vinny was to come out and start suddenly, you know, playing down stuff that happened. That would be an interesting way to go about it because what you, whatever about Vinny's own situation and how things, what cannot be changed is that loads of people have left the club over the last while, like officials, people yeah. who really cared about the club. And I know, that, then, yeah. I, I, I know that Vinny has, been in part, Vinny has been in touch with some of those people as part of like, you know, him trying to get back in there. Mm. So obviously he knows that he, he should be aware of how they're feeling. And he has to manage things diplomatically because no matter what way you look at it now, he is the whole Sizer's appointment. He is inextricably linked with them. Like he is, he is of them now. Um, and it's a difficult balancing act to like distance yourself from those behavior and, and stay, stay on the right side of the old and dog people who are very put out by how the club has been run. Well, so was, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe he's thinking he can change it from within. I'm just looking at this. Is it a case of, well, you know, I'll go in there and I'll face this head on. And yes, I know that things aren't ideal, but I can try and fix this. But he's got a lot of stuff to fix. And what must be said, like he's inheriting something completely different to like to what he inherited the last time. That's uh, the like thing. Not, um, he, like, just just, just on the say on the, the two the two teams being drawn in Iceland uh, in in the Conference League, I was reminded of going over to watch Dundalk in Iceland that time, yeah. and the characters that were involved from Harry Taft to obviously Martin and Paul, and um, the, the, the 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 way the club, the amount of people who've left and been disenfranchised from that kind of. E- I suppose that epic 2017 uh, time compared to now, it's just a completely different animal. It is. And like, you know, in a way, listen, he needed to work and he's, he's clearly desperate to work and, and maybe other doors weren't opening. But like, there is a baldiness to it to go in and, and encounter it. Because like, you know, I can't imagine it's easy walking in the door of a place where like, you know that there were some people there who probably didn't want you to come in. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a job. But what I would say is like this is a completely different job to what you like the last time he inherited the best dressing room in the country yeah. and a quite harmonious one. And he was appointed to establish continuity. So really it was a case of keeping the show on the road. And he had some great staff and people around them. And now he's gone into something that actually that didn't need to be broken, but it sorry, didn't need to be fixed, but it has it was broken. Yeah. He doesn't have the quality of um staff around him that he did. Um and he, he has a dressing room where players are going in all sorts of directions. Some new players he hasn't worked with. Some players who aren't happy to see him coming back. Um, you some say players that he would get categorically. On. 100%, yes. But, like, you know, I suppose, like, what I would say is I'm sure in life, you know, like, you know, managers walk into dressing rooms and players have had issues with them before. And they're For like, sure, oh, yeah. no. But, like, you have the chance. He has the chance to work it around. Like, it's, it's, it, it is the truth. Like, it is the truth. There are number of players um, and it, 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 there's a line that, that these people have left the club like that's that's just not correct but like I'm not saying it can't be overcome not at all saying well, I don't know if it can get any worse but it's a I'm saying it's a job to overcome it and, and as I said a lot of people in dog but well hang on what player has the right to be unhappy about anything 
given how they've performed. Like they're 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 professionals. They're very well paid professionals. It doesn't really like, work like that, that though. You can't but, you can't no, get no, away no, with it. No. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't have a dressing room that it just does. There's so much at stake at this level that if you if you have problems in the dressing room, it's going to manifest itself in results. Now they should be doing better, but at the same time, it's not a functioning dressing room, obviously. And like it's one of these dressing rooms that need like I think like things have gone bad last year and Filippo came in and gave them a little bounce. Yeah. And I from my, I've spoken to players when that dressing room who would say that they wouldn't have qualified under the previous yeah. under they wouldn't have they wouldn't have made it to the group stages under the management that was there because things had gone sour. But then of course the next one came in and went sour. And then mm. Magilton came in and then, and then Dan that went sour. So like you know, so now you're looking for Vinny to come in and give it that bounce again. And obviously that cycle can't keep repeating. And if that cycle is the case, then obviously there's something deeper set that's an issue that they can come in, they can be galvanized for like six weeks and then it it, it trails off again. You know, and that's obviously that's obviously the issue that they 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 can face. But the one thing you would say in fairness, like Vinny does know the league, he's been going to games. I know that he's like, certainly been going to know, games, yeah. I've seen to see yeah, him at every yeah. game I'm at so, so, so like they have a couple of issues to address in 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 July. Whether whether the budget is there to do it or not, that's obviously a question. And they have an attractive European tie, which might help them financially potentially if they can get through one round at least. And like he knows the league, and like in fairness, the last time, like you know, the last winter, like where it went wrong is really the foreign signings and the, the wage structure and a lot of decisions that were made. But like you know, the likes of Leahy and Sloggis. And the recruitment within the league, like they went after the type of players they should have been going after, you know, to be fair. So, like, you know, I think there's an awareness of what they need within the league context. And I, so I, I just to go back to my previous point. So, yes, like Vinny's facing a lot of, of, like he has to prove a lot of people wrong, but like that, like that's obviously, you know, his career's on the line here. So it is, he, it is, absolutely. He's, he's going he's to want to prove all those people wrong and prove maybe us wrong if we're a small bit. You know, and like, but but like, he's it's a, it's this is a ten times tougher job than what he encountered. As much as encountering taking over from Stephen Kenny is a tough job, and um, they had all the support structures in place. Whereas now you have a situation where, you know, a lot of good people, as I said, have left. You know, for various reasons, and it's a diplomatic balancing act that he's going to face over the next while. And, um, honestly, like you know, like I I like I I people know my. My background, like I, I really hope that this can work out, you know. But I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just. Well, do you hope like, it works do, out? The way, the way, what? Do you hope it I'm, works out? Because it's of course, of course, mm. because like the club, the club's future is at stake with everything that's happening here. Which is I incredible. just don't think, I just don't think you can be confident that the idiosyncratic behaviour, like whatever you think about the final conclusion, and um, of how it happened. Like the fact that like Dave Rogers was about to be brought in by Magilton and then the chairman just goes does his own thing. It just goes to show that the, you know, the chairman and the, it does appear like the, the board and, and, and Matt Holzheiser might have been involved too. But either way, you have people who haven't been in Ireland in over a year just sort of making decisions off the cuff, you know, at the last minute. And, you know, which, which are raising questions about the, 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 the people that have to face each other day to day, how they interact. So to be honest, like I wouldn't be hugely encouraged about how the club is going to fare over the longer term, but in the short term, maybe Vinny can come in and just get some results and and stabilize things. But he's got a job; to, he's got a big job in his hands, a yeah. massive job in his hands. But like, in fairness, like as I said to you before when we were discussing this, like walking into a dressing room and being a manager and facing the press after games and all of that, like you know, it, it does take a certain degree of like bottle to to, to go and to do that. And he's putting himself out there 
um, and what will be will be. You know what will be will be. Yeah, well, I, I think I think he's played the only card that really he should have played. To be honest, but now we'll see how it unfolds. But you were extolling Tim Clancy um, in terms of the job he's done on Twitter there at the weekends. Um, well, the job he's done at Trotter, not the job he's done on Twitter. I don't think he's on Twitter. Sorry, so you're extolling you're extolling him on Twitter <laughs> in terms of uh, he's, done, he's done he's done very very good stuff on his profile, but he's not even on Twitter. Right? How many how many of the fight. League of Ireland managers are on Twitter? Actually, that'd be that'd be good. I think a lot well, of them I, I noticed I know I noticed that I think Vinnie Park has taken down his Twitter account, so maybe this is like a <laughs> you know a, a, a focus. You well, know, well, a focus what more evidence do you need that he's gotten the job? Um, I doubt Ollie yeah. Morgan's on Twitter. Um, Tim Clancy is on Twitter. Yeah, but I was just making, I was just looking at this the weekend. The three top scorers in the league at the moment are Adam Foley, Chris Lyons, and Mark Doyle after 15 games. Now, you, you mentioned the Watford uh, Drogheda game, whatever, but that is an incredible state of affairs. Drogheda and Harps are dominating at the top of the top scorers charts. Tim Clancy, obviously, draw a brilliant result away to Sligo, 25 points, 15. Um, but a, a result of similar enough merit, maybe even more in some respects, than you were at Harps and Rovers. And um, the Rovers wobble just continues. They, they, they've really, really hit a slump here. Yeah, I mean, first of all, great to be at a game with fans and all of that. Mm. And I have to say, like, there was a real sort of emotion that was palpable and, and sort of an excitement that was palpable. But the best thing about football, of course, that ultimately, you know, as a football fan, it's generally more disappointments than elation. Like, you know, percentage-wise, you know, I think people probably suffer more frustration than elation unless they're really, really lucky. Um, and certainly, yeah, just, they're just not purring at the moment for others. Like, and obviously, but but. They are our Champions League representatives. And we haven't really touched on the draws too much. Like, you know, they, that is a tough draw, Slovan Bratislava. Like, the pot they were put in was was difficult. Like, Lincoln Red Ibs from Gibraltar were the best option. But, like, to be fair, as much as Bratislava is tough, it was probably the second best option of, yeah. of what they faced with Malmo and, and Legia, Legia Warsaw. And, um, you know, Bratislava are coming out of pre-season and have been caught cold in the past in this round. I mean, that's how the dog ended up effectively facing them a couple of years back um, because Bratislava had lost, I think, to the team from Montenegro who actually weren't really that good. Um, it should be so, pointed like, out Rovers also have a bye should they lose in terms of the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. But like, they, what they want to need to do is win. And if, if they can win their first tie, then they have the Europa League and the Conference League parachute. So, like you're first going on the Dundalk, Dundalk. So, I mean, this is two years ago now, but and you can't go after you just you can't go off that form. I don't think Johnny. Mm. Like I think it's, I think I don't I don't think we can do that. Like I think that's too far back. I mean, it, what, what Rovers 2019 versus Rovers 21 is but very that's different. Another point. So that's another point. you know, so like no, listen. But in terms of last Friday, yeah, they're just not like they're just not they're just not motoring in the way that they were. And obviously, they would have Richie Towell added into the mix by the time first of July comes round and mm. Europe comes round. Um. And it's very hard to put your finger on it, really. Um, that they're just like they, they they have had injury issues or whatever, but maybe just in in the midfield area, um, they're just not quite motoring. Um, even the sort of is Sean Gannon a complete natural at wing back in that system? You could you could definitely debate that. I still think Sean Gannon's at his best at right full overlapping, um, with the whole pitch ahead of him, um. But it, it 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 just like you know I don't know it's just they're just they're just not quite motoring and not quite firing and um you know they need to find another level before Europe certainly um, but Finn Harps to be fair were 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 decent on the night 
I know Stephen Bradley would have said afterwards, we're not hearing from him, but he said Rovers were dominant. And listen, they had chances and it was a real siege period. But 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 the Harps had their moments, even from early in the match. Oh, well, Abbey was a threat. And you just never felt they were out of the game, which was um, maybe a slight, su- a slight surprise with the, the fans back. You just thought it would be this sort of adrenaline boost and they'd, they'd run the show. Um, and they were great for 15, 20 minutes, but they just lost their way a bit. Um, and that's obviously a, a, slight, a slight concern. And from, from the, uh, the Roberts' perspective, I obviously should have done my research here, but off the top of my head, if they hadn't beaten Longford in the last minute, they wouldn't have won any of their last six games, and they've lost three of them, I think. Um, it's an it's an incredible slump, considering it all. It did look to to an extent like the whole thing was over at one point, and they've just wobbled, and it's it's made it very interesting. But Ollie Horgan obviously was in mm-hmm. good form after. Yeah, you know, Ollie Horgan was a good form. I mean, I would say Rovers, like Shamrock Rovers, for all they've had like this incredible stump, they are still top of the table after having that. So maybe that's dangerous for everyone else. But, ah, yeah. Um, I still think they'll yeah, win the I know, oh, so do I. Listen, I think, I think that, that they have a level to go. But I mean, maybe Europe might be one that focuses their their mind in some respects. And you, know, you, you don't know how teams have structured themselves, like, you know, fitness-wise and all these things. They, 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 they could hit another level as well in terms of as the season goes on, injuries probably affected them. So there's a lot of factors, but I mean, they just need to be, you know, losing someone like, as we've seen in the past with Dundalk and other teams losing star players, like losing someone like Jack Byrne and Aaron, two players like Jack Byrne and Aaron McAniff, like it's not overnight that you, you replace them, particularly if they don't have life for life replacements as such. But anyway, Ollie Horgan was in good form after I did speak to him. It's a, a good point in the road, I think, by all. I mean, yeah, absolutely. A point in the road anywhere is, is a good point for us. A point in Tala is still only a point, you know. But um, look, I, I think in fairness, like I, 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 I call it straight up. I, I, yeah, Sean McCrothers had the majority position and we were bombarded in the last 15 minutes. But on chances, we probably had as many of them if, as mm. they had, if that makes sense. And it's not like it's still like robbery, as I remember we drew here before in Pat Finland's time. I remember Dale Scully scored a header at that, at that. Well, there was no stand at that end, you know, way back, and that that might have been daylight robbery, you know, to get a draw mm. back then. But not so much tonight. That I think the key to it was when they when they scored from the mistake, they had a chance to go two up, and had they gone two up, it'd have been a broken light, a long, long light. God knows what way it'd have finished up, and you can imagine the thousand people on your back, you know, when if you were two down. I think that was key to it. We didn't concede the second, and we dug in and 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 got a little bit of luck in the second half. I suppose. Mac to me creating a chance for Foley like it's a it's a story we've seen before like they've been they've been big players for you yeah they have yeah but they're all big players tonight it's just can we go and put two two results back to back like you know there's no point in getting a point up here and and, and then going and 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 throwing our hat at it against Derry because Derry Derry got a point up here totally deservingly as well and we know what they're going to take it like we need to put two results back to back rather than picking up results every section of games and get and get sucked into the relegation battle as as we normally do but look we'll we'll enjoy tonight and move on to Derry very quickly uh, just in terms of the, there was a lot of scrutiny on the thousand fans been here tonight and yeah naturally seeing through the eyes of what it means for the home team but even for yourself your own players just being back in a stadium with an atmosphere and those shouts and that sort of chants and all of that yeah. did, you, did you get a buzz off that as well yeah obviously yeah but I mean <laughs> if you went to an alone you might have been up here for something <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing for us is that whatever we've done over the years it was on the back of our, our home results and home support and we miss them badly and, mm. and we still miss them and it's not just the 100 that we'll get in next week it's 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 the, the hundreds you know into the thousands that came out that that drove us over the line to stay in this division or get us up over the first division and they're proper people and they're proper supporters and 
and you know yeah of course Shamrock Rovers have the same probably complaint about it but look it, 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 yeah it was good and in, in fairness it kind of drowns out what, what we're shouting on the pitch as well so you know you have a, a handier day with the officials when there's other people shouting as well <laughs> <laughs> well I think they still heard you anyway I think they've always heard you to be fair <laughs> well, well I don't know but at least at least I wasn't the only one shouting on there tonight you know but look uh, yeah like if it was a packed house here tonight like with Shamrock Rovers going for, for back-to-back leagues you know it might have been a harder situation for us the key to it was we didn't go too long doesn't matter if the place is full or empty if we went too alone it would have been a blue delight but thankfully we ran our look at that 10 minute spell after they scored and we got whatever rewards we got in the second half as you mentioned there just having your own fans back I mean are you just hopeful for the whole league that these test events go well so that it sort of brings forward what's going on everywhere Look, else in the country absolutely you know? I mean we've, we've, we've all had enough of it like you know it's, it's, it, it, we, we started back here last year in, in the 1st of August for the restart after the 4 or 5 games we were beaten out the window out the door I should say 3-1 place was empty we couldn't motivate ourselves well we tried to we thought we did and Possibly in hindsight, a lot of it, yeah, Shamrock Rovers were, were way ahead of us, but also maybe that little bit of buzz and a little bit of drive that, that you get in the Friday evening or whatever evening that it was. Mm. And, you know, there's a little touch of it there tonight, uh, not obviously in, 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 in the droves that we've been here in normal circumstances, but the sooner the better. And please God that, you know, that things go well here with the tests. And just a pity we couldn't get a few of our own people in. The, you know, there's a few in the Dublin Supporters Club that, 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 are, that are with us thick and thin through the mm. country in the home games. But look, obviously, that's the rule. That, 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 that you know, we, you've got to abide by it, but please God, it goes well and that we can build on it and, and, and have supporters back, especially in Ballymathea. Just finally, um, look, look at the other results tonight. Derry, a last minute goal against Bowes, Waterford winning up in Dundalk. Mm. I suppose some people would look at this result here as a, as a surprise result as well. Yeah, look, a, it's been a really open season, hasn't it? Like, it feels like a, a lot can happen in the, in the next sort of Yeah, team. it's the three games a week where I think the gap is, is wider, and that's what we found. We found we, we, we lost all Friday games or Saturday games at the end of the three week game if that makes sense mm. and, and and that's possibly where it's caught up with us thankfully there haven't been that many of them it's usually kind of you know forward loaded if that's the right word yeah. uh, at the start of the season and other seasons thankfully there was only three of them except we lost all three at, at the end of that week and I think the three games a week probably spits the teams up into maybe where it'll finish yeah, that was Ollie Horgan, Dan. Um, I actually, I, I got a bit of slagging for tipping up bows at 33s to win the league. Um, now, you realise 33 to 1 is obviously, you're taking a bit of a punt, but um, they went to Derry and they looked like they were going to narrow the gap to uh, to the top two. But Derry, uh, who in fairness looked to have some fairly um, harsh decisions against them as well. And that was a, that was a one-all draw, but it, it's getting interesting. It has to be said, it's getting very interesting. Pat's going to Longford and winning. Um yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating end to the to the to the league. I think, to be honest. Well, it's funny, like Bowes with the late goals they've conceded. I wonder well, yeah, if there was a league. Yeah. If, there was a, if there was a if there was a league the, table. Yeah, yeah. for eighty-five if, minutes, if a, right? Eighty-five minutes. Eighty-five minute league table. Yeah, if there was an eighty-five uh, minute. Bowes would be table. eight points better off, and Rovers would be eight points worse off. So that's a sixteen-point swing, and that doesn't allow yeah. for the fact that um, Pat's got a late winner against um, Bowes as well. That there were two late goals in that game. Well, there you go. I mean, that that's that, well, it probably does allow for it because it'd be an extra point. But like, there we go. Like the the the. Uh, but I mean, it is a ninety-minute game. To be fair, you know, it's a ninety-plus you know minute game. But it, it is an interesting point. Like it, it, 
it shows like the, the the margins that can be there. But listen, some of those Shamrock Rovers wins, to be fair, or draws, you know, they, they wore down teams eventually, and that's what good teams do. But in other games, they've just it's been character that's dragged them through rather than necessarily like absolute dominance. But um, there's an interesting one. Now, Bowes definitely will of of all the teams in the probably in the table, like they 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 might feel they've had the most points get away from them, mm. certainly, and, and that that sort of lack of a cutting edge. I mean, the Sligo Rovers one is obviously very underwhelming for them to come out with a break and lose. But I mean, draw that are a good side as well. I mean, this is the thing. Obviously, on paper, it's not great, you know, to lose at home to a newly promoted side that are, uh, you know, that are a part-time operation. Um, if but, you were Tim Clancy and you were offered the job, would you have taken the Dundalk job? Um. I don't think any well I don't think I don't think so in the current guys no because mm. in reality all he would have been offered was a job until the end of the season on very little money um you know or no sorry I don't know about very little money but certainly a job until the end of the season uh with maybe bonuses and stuff kicked into it but like no why would you leave a job where you, you you'll be offered you know he'll be offered a new deal by draw no matter what whereas Dundalk you don't know where the owners are going to go in October November so uh, no like obviously a year ago you know, you you you'd, you'd sort of run up there. I think if you're a Trent Clancy, but but not now, certainly not. Let's get to the two lads. After which we will um, be giving away a four star pizza to a, a very lucky and uh, hungry League of Ireland fan, obviously. But it's now time for Neil Horgan and Shane Keegan. We've discussed plenty of Dundalk. There's a lot of Cork City to discuss as well. I was texting one of their fans um, at the weekend, and I just said, "Have you reached the Nadir?" And he said, um, "We just can't score." And, uh, yeah, that's been the story of Cork City season so far. Let's get to Neil and Shane. We're now joined by Neil Horgan, Cork City's former right-back and an author of a couple of books on Cork City, and Shane Keegan, who's obviously been manager uh, at Wexford, Galway United, also involved with Dundalk most recently in the League of Ireland. How are you getting on, lads? All good. Thank you. Johnny? All good, Johnny. Just just in from a game of soccer out in the back garden here. So what more could you ask for? <laughs> what have you been up to since your departure from Oriel Park? What have I been up to? Um, well, as I say, most recently a kind of a hybrid game of uh, half half Europa League or half European Championships, half Copa America. There, considering I was Wales and he was Argentina, so I don't know how that works. But uh, apart from that, yeah, keeping keeping busy enough. Um, done doing a bit of work with the local sports partnership here in Leash, um, which has been good. Um, enjoying that and. In the evenings, I'm uh, yeah training. I'm I'm over our, our local senior hurling team here in the East Hurling Championship as well. But uh, still getting to watch plenty of League of Ireland and keeping an eye on everything that's going on there too. How have you found the progression to Gaelic games? Good, yeah, yeah, good. Um, look, obviously with it being your local parish, you know them all kind of inside out. You've grown up with them all. I'm managing the, the team with one fellow who was a groomsman at my wedding and another fellow that I lived with for three, four years down in college. So you're you're doing it with fellas that you're very, very close to, which is a different dynamic, obviously, probably than than you'd get at League of Ireland level, where I would have been maybe working alongside fellas that I'd I'd, I'd only got to know in the role. Um, so I've enjoyed I've enjoyed that side of it, but uh, I think it would be a step down in terms of scrutiny. But I can tell you, it was very, very rare I got asked question marks about what was going on at Wexford or, or Galway when I was in Super Value in Rathdowney, whereas I get asked a million and one questions when I step in there now. <laughs> Yeah, that's I suppose that is uh, that is the difference. Neil Horgan, how are you getting on? I'm very good, Johnny. How are you? Good, yeah, yeah. What have you been up to since we had John last? Um, working away. Uh, as you know, I became a barrister, Johnny. I know I met you up the four course there one time. Um, I don't know what you were doing there, but uh, <laughs> do I? Yeah, I think you were watching some. Uh, maybe there was a, 
a case in respect of jockeys or something. But but in any event, um, I've been working away in Cork and watching the football in Cork City closely, I suppose, um, and the League of Ireland and enjoying the Euros, which have just begun as well, and watching the Cork players involved in in the Irish setup as well, which is which is good to see. Very Cork. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Cork Prism. I'm watching life. I think. <laughs> yeah, actually, on that, the, the like, it's a fairly relatively strong Galway um connection with the present Ireland squad with uh, Horgan, obviously Ford and uh, Connolly as well. Um, but uh, yeah, the Cork, the Cork uh, strength is quite um quite something at the moment, actually. Yeah, it's good to see the likes of Chidozi Agbane, who who's been there. They're both he did well at Cork City. I, I know he moved to Waterford afterwards. Um, and and, and got it. Yeah, or Limerick, sorry, Limerick afterwards and get a cap um the last day and, and, and did well. Um he he's he did very well at Cork City and they wanted to keep him and, and I suppose were disappointed that, that he left, but has gone from strength to strength, it seems. Um like the John Egan, who we claim, even though obviously his father was it was a, you know a legendary Kerry footballer, um John came through Evergreen, uh, a club in the city here in Cork and Spritnave. So um, the two of them, and, and we have a few more, obviously. We, we'd also claim Daryl Horgan from a Cork City point of view, just so you know, um, because he Daryl spent Darryl spent about three years. We got promoted from the first division. Uh, he played in front of me and he was very good. And I think he got a very good grounding. I know he's from, like, you know, Galway. Ultimately, and and uh, Fairness Shane has a claim on him at, at the dog too. But he, he did very well at Cork City, and I think it was a good time for him. And he progressed. I'd say he was about eighteen when he came, nineteen maybe, and he was twenty one, twenty two. And sure, look, he's doing brilliant. I think everyone's delighted to see him, and and how how his his attitude is fantastic. He's nearly been. Um, I'd argue he's nearly been the best player. Like from the from from Kenny's reign so far, he's nearly been the most consistent player. Like whenever he's played, he's done well. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a view out there that everyone's kind of happy with him. I I think I saw Eamon Dunphy writing about him um, recently, saying you know how every time he comes in, he does a job, and it's just you know what that little bit of kind of um, trying to do well um, as well. His attitude, I just I think it just shines through and, and obviously he's a creative kind of player too so he's trying the hard things and, and some of them are coming off and it's he, he does even though he's kind of older now I'm not sure how old he is now at this point but he's kind of there's something refreshing about him in the other setup I think and Shane like that that family in fairness like to the the odds of four brothers all playing in the League of Ireland like it's actually quite staggering the the the, the, the achievement that they've all collectively managed yeah it's fantastic Johnny I I in between Galway and Dundalk, I, I had a, a weekly column there with the Times, and I actually wrote one of the columns one of the weeks on um, not specifically the Horgans, I suppose, just the upbringing of young players and 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 what I believe. I think the FAI the FAI are doing a huge amount right, and um, despite some of the grief they get, they're, they're doing a huge amount right in terms of of the player pathway and trying to bring players through. Um, but I still don't think there's enough of an emphasis on the role of the parents because. Mm. it's the number it's the key factor in the whole thing without a shadow of a doubt it's the key factor in the whole thing you know the, the input from the parents can make or break um, a, a kid's chances of, of, of progressing in, in football and I suppose in that wider article I was kind of then just trying to make the point that listen if, if, uh, if the FAI need a template in how to 
school your kids or what kind of input or what's the right amount of input, what's too much, what's too little, how do you try and get them to turn out with a, with a good head in their shoulders, with a bit of resilience, with a bit of focus? Well, then it's, it's, it's to the organs, parents, they need to go because those boys, they're just, they're, they're, they're absolutely fantastic lads. Their application, I had Colin as captain in, in, in Galway and I, he, he is just an incredibly, incredibly professional person. Um, and everything I've heard about Daryl since um, up at Dundalk, he seemed to be absolutely, you know, completely the very, very same as him in, in, in that sense. So uh, they're a fantastic group. They're, they're brilliant. I, I gave Chris, the youngest of them, his, his League of Ireland debut while I was at Galway as well. Another another cracking fella. And obviously Kevin rose to prominence. Um, I think he's heading away now, but, uh, you know, probably most high profile mm. at, uh, at journeys at, at Rovers, which probably didn't go as well for him as he would have wanted. That. But, oh, look. Cracking, absolutely cracking fellas. I actually, I don't know the parents at all, but they must, they must be doing something right. This is in the context of you giving your son a ten nil hammering out in the garden there now. He actually <laughs> beat, he actually beat me ten nil, and what's more is he says he has a sore left foot, so he had to use his right. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit old and slow. He's, he's, he's well able for me. I know the feeling. Um, the, the obviously the draws for the European uh, competitions, Shankovers will take place. As- Sorry, we'll meet Sovan Bratislava um, and Bohemians and Sligo Rovers both getting Icelandic uh, opponents Hafner Fjordar for Sligo and Sarnan uh, for Bose and Dundalk your ex-club will play Newtown AFC uh, the Welsh side just um, I suppose my, my, my memory was brought back to Dundalk and Sloven Bratislava in 2019 Shane when um, actually uh, my, my fellow county man Patrick Hoover missed a penalty when the Dundalk were actually rallying really well in Tallow in Tallow rather and um, it's going to be very interesting. Like that, that, that was a draw. Sharon of course, it kind of could, could have gone either ways, but that, that's a, that's the result or a, you know a, a fixture that they'll probably look at potentially winning anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a tasty one. Obviously, coming on the, so closely on the back of, of of Dundalk, haven't had them, um, and look with with. With a performance analyst's hat on, I, I think that's a really, really good thing for, for Shamrock Rovers to be able to compare um, how Dundalk did against them, what worked for them, what different didn't work for them. That'll that'll be a really, really useful tool for, for Stephen and, and the rest of the management team. But look, you'll look back and, and you know, Dundalk gave it a real, real good rattle at that time. And, and that will give the, the Rovers confidence. You know, it's a tough draw, um, but at the same time, it's not one that they'll be completely daunted by. They need to, obviously, between now and, and then, they need to kind of rediscover that earlier season form. It's dropped off a little bit, um, but I'm, 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 I'm sure they will hopefully be back in, in full flow before that game comes. What do you put that down to actually? Because like it, it seems like it was only a few weeks ago where people were saying, Well, the league is over here, like this and, and people were saying that, like there's, there's not going to be a challenge. And their last six games or so, like they, they scrambled home against Longford. Other than that, they've actually not won, I think, any of their other last uh, sort of six games. And um I don't know, is it injuries or what? Um, but it was an interesting actual stat I came up with there during the week if if the league table um, were based on the scores after 85 minutes in games this season Shamrock Rovers would be 8 points worse off and Bowes would be 8 points better off to be 16 point swing and that doesn't allow for the fact that Bowes um, conceded a late winner against St. Pats as well what, what's what's the wobble with Shamrock Rovers being about Shane do you think? Yeah, that's a serious thing, all right. No, look, you've you've kind of touched on it there, all right, already. There's no doubt that the injuries did take the, the the wind out of their sails because they had been they'd been tipping along very very nicely, and then all of a sudden they seemed to get a, a ridiculous amount of them, particularly in the centre of the field. Um, like they went into that game against Dundalk with with two number tens, I think, as their 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 centre midfield partnership. Um, yeah. 
so they did, which was was just crazy. And even the one sitting behind him, Gary, I mean, Gary is a sitting midfielder, but he's a sitting midfielder a la Pirlo rather than Kante, you know? Um, mm. So it was, it, it, they've, they've, they've gone from having a ridiculous amount of options in the centre of midfield where, you know, we're heading into the, we were heading into the President's Cup game against them and you were trying to say, right, which one of the to which two from four is he going to go with here? You know, between Chris McCann, Gary O'Neill, Dylan Watts and um, who am I missing? Uh, Finn, Finner. Um, uh, and yeah. I'll be on, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, the two I I had pretty, I thought he would go with, with Gary O'Neill and, and Dylan Watts and I got Bowden wrong. He started with Finn and McCann. Um, that's the strength and depth they had. And then, by the way, McCann was the best player on the pitch that night. He was, he is, he he's a fantastic player. He really, really is. His use of the ball is is superb. Um, so it's a huge. And I, I suppose early on, I'm looking at that midfield, the the options of all four of those, and I'm saying, right, well, to me, I can't see how they're going to be stopped. Um, with 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 that amount of talent in the centre of the field, and as I say, within two or three games later, they're, they're heading into the, the, the league game against Dundalk and, and all of a sudden Gary finds himself in there on his own with two number 10s either side of him and it's, it's, it's a very, very different picture. I think slowly but surely they've started to get them back. Um, so they have, but I, I, I think that's what kind of initially caught them. Um, and But I, I, I do think it's only a matter of time, to be honest with you, before they fully rediscover that form. I know Dylan is 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 still out, I think, at the moment, um, and, and Ronan, actually. But with Gary O'Neill and Chris McCann back there, they should have enough. Um, interesting that Graham Burke was only a sub the last night. I'm not sure whether he had a, a, a knock or an injury or anything. But, you know, they, they look, there's no doubt they have an abundance of, of, of talent there. What do you make of the Dundalk situation at the moment? Because Vinnie Perth is set for a sensational return, um, according to that, that's from the Independent uh, in Fitzmaurice's article uh, yesterday. And obviously, things have gone from bad to worse for them um, since you left. It must be said their their performance is um, just another another shocking you know defeat to Watford the weekend. But the, the Vinnie Perth going back is. To quote Conan Byrne, with the greatest respect to Vinnie Perth, as he has invested a lot in terms of time and money to get to where he is in the coaching ladder, to go back to a club that treats you so disrespectfully, he is plain and simply mad. And then I really hope it works out for him. Um, this would just be another twist in an amazing Dundalk story, I guess. Yeah, uh, I feel like I should preempt it by saying that that Dundalk's form before or after me had very little to do with me <laughs> either way. I can yeah. tell you. Um, so it did, but. Yeah, look, I, I see what I see the point Conan is making. Um, but if you know, if he's trying to say that, that if Vinny is offered the job, he shouldn't take it because of how poorly he was treated in terms of being dismissed, um, that doesn't add up for me because it's a fantastic job. It's an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, Vinny, like myself, even though as I say, I've got a you know a few small bits and pieces going on here and there. Vinny is somebody who was full time employed in football. Um, the same way I was and therefore currently doesn't have a full-time income in the same manner that I don't so there's only so long you can keep yourself in that situation now he wouldn't just take the job for the sake of taking it because he was out of work um, but I mean it's, it's it is still no matter what you say with all the madness and there is plenty of madness going on around there that is for sure but with all the madness going on around it it's still a brilliant job it is still a brilliant job there's no doubt about it um the team sheet in terms of if everybody's fit and available putting out your your first 11 um is is probably second best in terms of strength to only rovers in the country still with the, the best with all the respect to all the other sides in it um and look nobody goes into management, Johnny, unless they have huge self-belief in their own capabilities. 
Um, and, you know, because of that, you're going to look at a scenario and you're going to say, right, yeah, that's a problem and that's a problem and that's a problem, but but I am the man. I am the man who can go in here and solve all that. I am the man who can go in there and fix all that. And that's the way Vinny is going to be thinking at the moment. What do you make of deal? I think uh, it reminds me actually of, uh, just while I was listening to you there, uh, Damien Richardson, when going back now a period of time, but he had two spells at Cork City and the first one, uh, I think he had a, a rumble with the chairman or he fell out with the chairman at the time and he left, but he came back and what he described was he had unfinished business at the time and he came back and he ultimately won a league with us, which he hadn't won, you know, during his time as a manager in the League of Ireland ever. So I, I think for Vinny, like he probably has unfinished business and um, he'll feel that. I think he did a good job, like, and I, I, I kind of agree with Shane really that, you know, it's it's a good job to go back into. He'll he'll know the reins. He'll know the parameters of of what's there, and I think he could do a very good job. They they probably do need someone like him. Um, Shane will know better than me now, obviously. But I, I think he 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 did very well in the first time out after taking over from Stephen Kenny. He kept he kept the the show going, and now he'll be judged more on his own name rather than probably being you know the predecessor to to Stephen Kenny. So I'd wish him the best of luck, you know. Shane, there's 17 points from 15 um, in the league, and like even the players that they brought in, obviously you'd argue they've probably brought in far too many new personalities, kind of very quickly, and it might upset the rhythm. But there's so much talent in that dressing room. Like you know, I think even individually, nearly all the sort sort of farm players they brought in have shown flashes or you know of quality or whatever. Um, but like that that defeat to Warford, what what do you put it down to? Because like I'm sure you're going to say they are a good bunch of lads, and it's just hard to marry the form that they've had this season with the Dundalk that they had become? For, well, the first thing I'd say on it, if I'm being completely honest, Johnny, is, yeah, as I've said already, it is still an extremely strong, strong dressing room, but the point is it's it's not as strong as last season. So how have they allowed mm. that to happen? How have they gone from, mm. you know, what they had last season to what they have this season? They still have a huge amount of talent this season, but it's not as strong as last year. I don't see how anybody can argue any otherwise. It, it's just not. Um, Quite simply, in, in 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 three or four key positions. Um, on mm. top of that, on on top of that, you look at it at the moment, and you know, like I get on very well with some of the players, and 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 you know, I hope they don't see it as well. Maybe I don't. Maybe we will see it as having a pop. But but they, they don't. They don't look the same chaps at the moment. They don't look as motivated. The body language doesn't look wonderful. Um, somebody has to go in there and and infuse those lads with the belief and confidence that they have had in previous seasons when they were producing absolutely scintillating football. Um, but they just look flat. They look incredibly flat at the moment. Again, you know, there's a huge amount of players there at the moment, Johnny, who obviously are, are coming to the ends of their contracts. I think everybody kind of knows that's the situation. That can't be a, that can't be a good thing for the dynamic um, in the dressing room. Are there... Are there fellas eyeing up moves away and, and, and just treading water until it gets to that stage? Um, you know, fans will argue that, you know, how professional that is. But, you know, if, if it wasn't part of the manager's job to motivate the players in the dressing room, well, then why are managers brought in and, and paid quite well at all? Um, yes, the, you know, a certain amount of that does fall on the players themselves. But I don't know. I don't know. It just looks very, very flat at the moment. And to me, there are fellas who are, are are maybe treading water and, and, and getting ready for to, to, to head out. Obviously, there's a huge amount to talk about about Shieldsy at the moment. I'm not sure what, what's happening there. 
Um, but it, it's it's you know it's so disappointing for it to have gone from where it was under Stephen's time, and to be fair to Vinny, and certainly in the first season under Vinny's time, to, to where it's at at the moment, where they're at the moment kind of looking at what's behind them and rather than looking at what's ahead of them, you know. It seems to me, and, Johnny, just cutting in on that there with Shane, and I agree with him. I, I think, the, and I've seen that happen at Cork City when after we won the league, you know, we didn't go on the same spell as Dundalk had. You need to keep a core group of your best players together. And and when you look at the likes of Robbie Benson, Ronan Finn, John Mountney, Paddy Barrett, I know a lot of them got to Pats and, and Finn went to, to Rovers. They're guys who, if they were at Dundalk now, you'd feel like Dundalk would still be top of the tree. I, I, I just think the same thing happened to us, albeit for different reasons. Maybe we lost a few players to Shelburne, the likes of Liam Kearney and Gregor Halloran after the year we won the league. Um, other other clubs start picking from you, and if you can't if you can't hold on to those players, it's all very well bringing in guys who are kind of untested and might have good pedigree. But in the League of Ireland, like when Shelburne had a, a good period when I was playing, they literally picked the best players from around the league. And and if you have that cohort of eight or nine of the top players in the league, that's the way to dominate. Like, and I don't think anything that you do. It, it, it'll take a lot to change that dynamic, in my opinion, in the League of Ireland and try and bring in fellas from outside who are going to hit the ground running all of a sudden, you know. And I think well, they've, they've felt those losses, you know. But Johnny, to, like, to, just to, to, yeah. to, prove, to, prove his, to prove Neil's point there, like we went through a run of games there at the start of the season where almost every game we played, the best player on the pitch was a guy who had been playing for Dundalk within the previous 18 months but was no longer playing for Dundalk. You know, I mean that that's a crazy situation to have. Like yeah. like Sean Hoare was outstanding for Shamrock Rovers against Sean us. George, yeah. Georgie Kelly for Bowes, John Mountainy for, for Pats. Um, you know, every 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 game with Robbie Benson, every game we played, the best player on the pitch was 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 an opposition player who'd who'd been playing for Dundalk just recently. You can't if lose those players and, and, and still want uh, think that you're gonna to be top of the league, particularly when you're losing them to your rivals, whatever about losing them to abroad as well, you know. Go on, sorry, Johnny. Yeah, it's it, but I suppose like the flip side of this is like Dundalk Dundalk had so much resources in the sense of like they, they went they went abroad, they you know, they might have a mixed record. They brought in the likes of Will Patching, who ironically wasn't deemed, you know, good enough last season. But like if if Vinny if Vinny goes back from your experience, Shane, how difficult is that for him to go back? Albeit come back to a dressing room which there are a lot of new personalities now. Yeah, look, it will. There is a big turnover. It's amazing. So that's half the argument is how you know it's, it's amazing how much of a turnover there has been since since Vinny was there. Um, and maybe that's potentially a good thing. Um, so it is that he'd be a, a new voice to to so many people there. But it is going to be a big challenge. It is going to be a big challenge because you know again you look at the panel and. You know, there's pro- it's probably unbalanced. I think is 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 fair to say as well. There's maybe an abundance of quality in certain areas and and not a huge amount in others. You know, again, looking at at Chris Shields' situation, like before I before I ever knew anybody at Dundalk or arrived at at, at Dundalk, like Chris, Chris Shields was my favorite player in the league. Absolutely no doubt about it. And when from my time there, um. Certainly, nothing happened to make me change that opinion. In fact, it probably only it probably only grew. And if you look at the last ten years of, of of the League of Ireland, he has been the consistent, outstanding player over that period of time. Now, he found himself in a situation a couple of months ago where a player is coming in in the exact same position as him with a very mm-hmm. high profile, and he, you know, he's the club captain. 
he has to be wondering, oh, what the fuck is going on here exactly? Now, that, one, is there a need for, for a player in that position at all if you've got a, a player of the qualities of, of, of Chris? And two, there were one or two areas of the field absolutely crying out for reinforcement. Um, you know, would, would the Zahibo investment have got you Richie Towell? Would the Zahibo mm. investment have got you Jack Byrne? You know, uh, like it's it's um, it was it was a strange one. It was a strange one. Obviously, I was still in there at the time, and, and to be fair to Zahibo, he's he's a decent player. I'm absolutely not saying he's not. It just I, I just thought that box was ticked, and and it kind of obviously had led to a scenario where we're a couple of more months down the road, and to me the most important look they've lost incredibly important players already i've named them already i've i've, I've had a bit of a, a a few comments before and in, in terms of john mountain i mean you, you absolutely cannot 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 quantify the loss that he has been in that dressing room he is i, I spoke about colin horgan colin will forgive me mounts mounts tops even colin horgan in terms of application professionalism attitude he's he is the best i've ever encountered um and they're about to lose, by the sound of things, they're about to lose another one that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever, you know? Do you stay in touch with Filippo and Giuseppe at all since you left her? No, no, not not really, to be honest with you, Johnny. Look, it, it, um, as I've said before, they were two fellas that I would have got on with quite well, to be honest with you, on a personal level. You'd not good crack out of them. They're, they're characters, that's for sure. Um, but from a footballing point of view, there would probably hadn't a whole lot going on in, in, in common in terms of how we viewed the game. And, you know, it was an awkward dynamic there for me in that you have to, for, you have to know your role. Um, and I wasn't the manager. And I think if, look, if the man, what would I have given to have had that experience at Dundalk under Stephen Kenny as a manager? I mean, that would have been absolutely incredible. And, if I thought white and Stephen said black, well then black it would be. And I would convince myself that I'm an Egypt and I'm 100% wrong. And obviously Stephen knows best and you just go with everything that he says without questioning it. Whereas the dynamic that we had, I suppose one, you know, Filippo you know, had less time in the professional game and certainly in League of Ireland circles than I had. So I would have been going, okay, well, this is a kind of strange dynamic where I, I couldn't convince myself that he always knew better, even though I kind of had to convince mm -hmm. myself because you couldn't, you couldn't not back him up. Um, and then on top of that, obviously, you had the whole issue with who was, who was called what and what everybody's roles were. That muddied the waters even, even further. So it, it, it created an awkward enough relationship. But I think we... We did all try to conduct ourselves in in as professional a manner as we, we possibly could at the same time. You know? Do you think Rovers win the league? I do. Yeah, yeah, um, I do. I think there's been a couple of impressive ones. Obviously, Pats have been impressive. Sligo have been very impressive. Bit of a hiccup for them last weekend. Um, and Bowes are are rediscovering what what Bowes have been um, for the last three four years. I think their consistent overachievement has been in, absolutely superb. Absolutely superb um, what the two lads have done there. I think maybe you're talking about the whole Dundalk situation. And again, coming back to it, if if it maybe the Vinny thing is done and dusted at this stage and, and the very best look to him if he does go back in. But you would also look at Dundalk and say, well, you know, if you're a, if the club is run locally, um, I would think that there might have been a move 
towards the end of last season to see how how resolute were 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 Vinny or sorry were were uh, Keith and Trevor in terms of staying at Bowes. Obviously, they now have fantastic new long term contracts, but you'd wonder should Dundalk have, have have tested that if they had a chance to do so. Um, same applies more recently with with with, with Tim Clancy. Um, but yet, no, look, sorry, going back to the original question, I, I think there are some decent teams. I don't think Rovers will run away with it, um, but I do think they have the most continuity and, and the outstanding squad probably at the moment um, to, 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 to win it in the end. This uh, podcast is slightly to look at um, the demise of two big, big forces in uh, Irish football, namely Dundalk and Cork City. Now, the Dundalk situation, I'm not sure which of these is, is more perplexing, really, how you know a club can go from a position of such strength and the hegemony of being challenging every year, going in, playing big games in Europe, getting to cup finals and so forth. Dundalk are third last in the table at the moment, obviously more likely to be in the relegation playoff than, than winning a league this season. But Cork City, Neil, I visited Turner's Cross recently for a one-all draw against Galway United. Um, Cork had an extra man for most of that game. Um, there was no crowd at that game, obviously, before crowds could come back. But the, the defeat at the weekend, um, by all accounts, there were some kind of um, angry fans afterwards. And I cannot get my head around the Cork City situation. And that's one of the reasons, obviously, we brought you on. What have you made of it? And what's going wrong? And can Colin Healy turn it around? Because obviously, there were such high hopes for him as well. There has been frustration, Johnny, down Turner's Cross. Um, definitely, I, I think I think the recent results, the last two results in particular, the Cove Ramblers game and then and then Cabin Teeley, um, really really kind of got the fans. Um, I think I think Colin came out in an interview after after the Cabin Teeley game, just kind of saying, look, the the team isn't young anymore. They're even though they're tw- like they're 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 not 18, 19 year olds. They're twenty one year olds. And they need to kind of come out and, and show how good they are. And I think that's fair enough. Um, I, I think to be fair to them, I think when I was coming through at Cork City and I was a 20-year-old, um, I, I had experienced guys around me, you know, 25, 26-year-olds. So it, it, there is a, a difficulty in having a kind of young team, which they are this year, um, after last year's kind of, I suppose, experiment almost with a lot of um, loan players. So there is frustration. I think that we're looking at a season really where the league, you know, even coming fifth in the first division, which would get you a playoff spot, is looking difficult. Um, I think that, to be fair, the first division is a very good league this year um, with, with, with all the clubs involved. It's an unusually uh, competitive first division. Athlone, uh, Galway, Shells seem to be running away with it at the moment. Um, there's other, other good sides, uh, Bray, uh, UCD, um and, and, and Cove, I watched Cove a few times. That they're better than their third place uh, looks right now. They're a better team than that. So that there's a lot of teams in it, and and Cork are just finding themselves underneath all those teams at the moment. So there is frustration. There's always going to be frustration at Cork City when they're not in the Premier Division, and and in in circumstances where only four years ago they were winning the double. Uh, if you were to ask me what went wrong, you know, and why we're down here, it it's 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 a long story, but. I, I think, and, and combining with the Dundalk situation, and something I've written about my books a bit, is 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 the structures in the League of Ireland and the difficulty of maintaining success in what I would describe as structures that don't allow for continued success. And by, by what I mean there is that, okay, you've got the European money, which has come in for the top few clubs recently, and, and that's a help. 
But other than that, the fa- the amount of fans that coming in the door um, really don't don't allow you know they don't give the club enough um, you know resources. And, and obviously this was in the absence of any TV money, uh, which I believe is still the case, to really build towards full-time um, football and, and progress. Even stable full-time football seems to be something that's that's very difficult to, to, to maintain in the League of Ireland. Now, does, does clubs doing a great job of it? You have to say Shamrock Rovers at the moment seem to have a, a very good model in place, kind of fan run together with um, you know someone who's backing the club, a private investor. Um, so maybe that's the way, in the, you know, one model that could work. But overall this, and I know we have we have a new FAI essentially at the moment and, and there's some, you know, there is some good uh, soundings coming out of the FAI in respect to the League of Ireland. But the best thing I heard about the, the League of Ireland in the past, I'd say, three years actually came from uh, Michal Martin, um, the Taoiseach, rather than anyone in, in the FAI when he said that, yes, we'd be open to giving the FEI or the League of Ireland more support and more money once the FEI uh, deem it to be uh, their priority, which shows you that, it, that even the Taoiseach, and he's, he's an Emo Rangers man, so he's not, I'm not, and I'm not political at all, I'll let you know, and I, I'm from St. Finbar, so they'd be a rival club, right? But even Michal Martin, and he would, I'd say, go down to Turner's Cross, realises um, that the FEI haven't given the League of Ireland the support over the years, and and is making it uh, very clear that if the FBI do, that they'll back it up, the, the current government. So that was very positive, but it, it brings it back to the point that the FBI have neglected this league for like for a long time. And, and when you see clubs like Dundalk and Cork City go under after periods of success, um, you know, the, 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 reason, the reasons might be different, but there's an underlying reason, you know, which is a, a lack of support and plans for the continued progression of the League of Ireland and, and from from the FAI, you know, and, and, I, and I, I haven't seen enough yet. And you were hopeful that there will be. Um, and it does seem to be going that direction, to be fair to the people involved. But uh, you just want to see, right, here are the plans for really boost it for the men's and the women's game. Um, and and a real real plans of progress progress because otherwise you know even the Shamrock Rovers model and it does look like to be the better one at the moment if they become very successful on their own they they may face the same problems as Dundalk in a few years time um in in terms of trying to maintain their success in my opinion and as you know yourself Shane as well the first division it's not the easiest to get out of um and it's 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 just uh, from 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 the outside looking in i just find it absolutely perplexing a one city club like cork city could be in the position that they're in granted it's early enough in the season but um you know i think there's there are probably just a lot of people down there who are, who are scratching their head yeah look it's 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 a strange first division um at the moment johnny that's for sure i mean shells do look to be to, to that they're going to power on and win it but after that um you know if i was if i was asked to make a prediction at the start of the season i probably i don't know in what order but i i would have seen probably galway bray and and cork now maybe i was you know going too strongly on on the name of cork city rather than you know the players they had actually managed to recruit, but you know they were three teams I would have seen up around that top three, top four spots. Um, 
and obviously the three of those at the moment aren't in the aren't in the top five but at the same time it's incredibly congested it's incredibly congested so there is I think you're looking at you know seven eight points between kind of second and second or third last um so it's going to be it's going to be a real, real dogfight to see who gets their, their hands on those four spots this year and, and then obviously what way it plays out from there because as we saw last year, um, no doubt about it, you looked at the four teams heading into the playoffs last year and, and I, I wouldn't have given Longford a chance. I honestly wouldn't have given Longford a chance um, and they came through the whole thing. So somebody could could hang around there and you know could plod from one game to the next and just about scrape in in fifth and the next thing you know, two, two games later, they're, they're up in the Premier. And, and and Shane's touched on something there, Johnny, which is the, the recruitment uh, at Cork City, you know, at the start of the year. To be fair to Colin Healy, and, and look, I'm not trying to defend Colin here unnecessarily because Colin knows, you know, he's been around the game long enough that the, the performance needs to be better. But to be fair to him at the start of the year, um, the club was uncertain as to the takeover or not. And so the appointment of Colin as the full-time manager was delayed uh, and and it didn't allow Colin to, I suppose, start you know building his squad till the start of preseason. By which time most of the players had had you know the better players had been you know snapped up. So you, for the first you know I would say the first few months of the season, he was behind in terms of that, like trying to catch up with just just being behind time wise. Um, and I think the, the the frustration of Cork City at the moment is that that issue in respect of the taking over the club hasn't been resolved one way or the other and needs to be it needs to be addressed really uh, one way or the other you know uh, as soon as possible for 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 the club to, to move on in my opinion do you think colin is a man to turn around i do yeah i do i do genuinely i do i think that you know he just needs time like you know he literally you know how far into the season are we his first season as, as a as a first team manager um so I, I just think you give him a little bit of time, uh, like like they did Tommy Dunn in his first job, you know, and, and Tommy finished, I think, maybe seventh or sixth in, in the first division that first year. The next year he won the first division and we were back in the Premier Division and we were very happy. I, I think Colin deserves that. And, and like any manager, if it was anybody, you, you'd have to give them that time, you know. What have you made of the first division, Shane? Other than that, obviously, Galway United, your old uh, club, um, late win against that lone town, John Caulfield, um, trying to kind of bring back Premier Division football in the West, but Shell's more or less run away with it. They are, yeah, yeah. It's it's for for the second time in three years, really, isn't it? That they they look like they're running away with it. Um, haven't had a bit of a struggle in between in the Premier, but yeah, look, like I've said, it's it, it's it's absolutely all over the place. Um, yeah, Gal Galway would. Certainly not very kind of very similar maybe to, to my own time there at, uh, in that they would have expected to have been um, that bit higher. Yet I would look at it at the moment similar to how I would have looked at it when I was there and think there's enough time to there's enough time for them to turn it around there and, and easily still manage to get into the playoffs. And then once they get into the playoffs, I think uh, I think there will be a force again. They had a fantastic finish the last season under John, obviously. Not sure why it hasn't quite clicked for him there at the moment. There seems to be a very, very good squad come together um, on paper, certainly. And, and and John himself, obviously, has has a tremendous track record um, at the highest level. He, he would have a much higher profile and, and would have achieved a lot more, I suppose, than any of the other managers around him. So I, I do still think it, it will come right. Likewise, Bray, you know... Um, 
you're looking there and I'm just looking at the table at the minute, five points between Bray and say Treaty, for example, and Cabinteely. Bray, Galway, I think they will both fancy their chances of, 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 of reeling those three teams above them, Treaty, Cabinteely and Athlone. Um, I think those three, despite currently being third, fourth and fifth, I think they will actually be fighting for the one spot. I still think Galway and Bray will get above them. Um, Athlone have been the big surprise packet, that's for sure. Um, I remember talking to, to, to Cabsy at the end of last season when they were unfortunate enough to have ran into us there in the, the cup semi-final. That was a bit of a mismatch, but he, he did tell me at the time that, you know, they had kind of wrote off the season. I think maybe, Johnny, there might have been, they might they might have had a few, they might have come into a few quid, there might have been a few quid there for them to spend maybe in the second half of last season, but rightly or long, wrongly, probably rightly, to be fair to him, they probably decided, well, what's the point in ploughing in money now and finishing second last or third last rather than last? Um, and maybe kept their powder dry in that sense and, and decided to, to invest it at, heading into the start of this season. And, you know, they started to assemble a good squad. There wouldn't be a million miles away from me here where I am. So I'd always have kind of one eye on them. And they started to assemble a good squad. And then the, I suppose the real one that raised eyebrows was, was when Killian Cantwell, you know, if you look at it just purely on paper, he's, he, he was, had been named in the first division team of the year last year. He's a young fellow I know very well. I had him at, at, at two Kennedy Cups. He, uh, he's gone from, you know, the team who were top of the table for almost all of last season um, and making the League of Ireland first division team of the year. Um, he's gone from that to signing from a team that finished rock bottom. Um, and you're looking and going, right, well, that's, that is, uh, you know, that is a very, very interesting one. And that was a real sign that, that things were coming together for them there. Um, so, look, it, it, it's good to see Athlone very, very much back in, in, in the mix in that sense. Um, Treaty, unbelievable start they've had after. Yeah. Evil started really, really, really is. Um, you'd love to see them maintain that. It'll be tough going for them to stay going in, in, in the manner that they are. But uh, Tommy has them flying it, that's for sure. And on what I can only imagine is is an extremely, extremely kind of tight, almost non-existent budget, really. Yeah, I think that's the that's the best job anyone's doing is the job of Treaty United. Uh, like I, I know that there's Dave Mahidi. I don't know if you're, any of you have come across him. He's a fitness guy. We used to have him, uh, Pat Dolan brought him down to Cork. And he's, he's absolutely excellent uh, fitness guy, um, strength and conditioning coach, uh, effectively, uh, for Treaty United. I don't know if that's part playing a role in it, but to just be a new club and to be, you know, effectively, you know, ahead of Galway, ahead of Cork, ahead of Bray, um, and, and, and nearly, you know, nearly challenging at the very top, that, that's really the story of the season so far in the first division, in my opinion, anyway. Very much so. And what, what managers have impressed you in the Premier Division, Shane? Um, in the Premier, yeah, look, it's it's kind of it's flipped on its head a little bit in terms of those who were struggling early on have have kind of found a bit of form and 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 vice versa. But I mean, who's the most overachieving at the moment? I suppose Sligo, are, are, despite the result the other night, are are still the, the the most overachieving side at the moment. Things seem to be coming together really, really well for them, providing that was only a blip. Um, no, sorry, I take that back. The more I think about it, obviously Drogheda are the most overachieving, most overachieving side. <laughs> Um, look, it's again, you know, I do, <laughs> I have to laugh because obviously, you know, I think myself, yourself and Dan are, are all uh, quite big fans of Tim and, you know, the job he's been doing and, and not just because I know people people tend to reference Tim and then immediately reference what a, what a sound nice fella it is, but I don't think that's why he's getting the praise he's getting. He's getting the praise he's getting because he's doing an absolutely incredible job and, but but it's not a one-off season. Like, like Tim has been, 
Tim has been overachieving now. How long is he there? Like every single season he's been there, he's overachieved. He was so unfortunate not to bring them up even before he managed to eventually do it. Um, so he's 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 doing an incredible job, and you know I do get a bit of a a bit of a laugh and a smile out of how Connor Connor Hoy, who's chairman up at, at Drada, he must be absolutely sick sick to his teeth of his of his all praising Tim and 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 drawing attention to Tim because I'm sure look they need us to stay want to hold on to him for as long as they possibly can and, and rightly so and he often makes the case you know that he's he's very well looked after there he's got really really good backing he's left to, to, to do his own thing um why would he not be enjoying it why would he be looking to go elsewhere and he, he makes a good point but at the same time it can only be a matter of time if, if it continues I mean you know Bookie's favourites to go down and and well maybe second favourites Longford might have been a bit a bit stronger um, but currently have them in, in Europa League spots is, is an incredible achievement, really. It's remarkable stuff, Neil. Yeah, it is. It is, to be fair to the guy. Um, what what I like in the Premier Division, and I, I've been watching them for a while, and uh, my, my, my focus is on the First Division this year, but anyway, is Pats and um, is Stephen O'Donnell. Last year, I watched them. They came down and played a pre-season friendly against Cove, and they looked decent and they looked like they were going to build. And I think they had a kind of disappointing year for whatever reason. Now they're showing the promise that they, you know, were showing last year. And, and, and the players that they have, like they're a real force. Like if you have to say, I know Bowes probably aside, and I'm not sure about how Bowes are this year. I, I just haven't seen them. But it, apart from Bowes, if, if anyone's going to challenge Rovers, and if Dundalk are gone out of it, I, I feel like Pats are the up and coming. Like it, it feels like Stephen knows what he's doing and bringing in the ex Dundalk lads, keeping the the core of uh, what were some very good Pats players, and getting them going again. Um, and I'm interested to see how far up the table they can go. You know. Before we wrap up, have have either of you aspirations to get back into the League of Ireland? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I would, Johnny. Yeah. There's. One point, kind of beating around the bush on it, definitely. Um, I would have spoken with a first division team um, before I went back in at Dundalk, uh, and it very, very nearly happened. Um, and even since leaving Dundalk, I've actually spoken with a first division team again, but it just didn't prove the the, the right move timing wise. Um, yeah, very, very much so. Looked like it. No more than I said about Vinnie early earlier and, and, and any of us really um, you, you don't really go into it unless you've got um, a serious kind of self-belief in yourself and you know I can argue I can argue the points of the good jobs I've done and what I think I've done well and then there, there'll be plenty of people able to argue against me and, and, and say reasons why they don't think I'm a good manager um, and that's the to and fro that's that's how it works but uh I certainly would love to get back involved again at some stage um, and, and love another crack at it. I do have that self-belief and most importantly, I just love, love being involved. There's, you know, there's an incredible buzz to be got from being involved with a group of people like that and trying to achieve something together as, as a group and you know, sitting down and watching a, an opposition's team performance from the previous Friday and knowing you have them for out Friday and the tactics board is out and you're moving this here and that there and almost playing chess with yourself, trying to, to solve all these different question marks. Um, it's an addiction, to be honest with you. It's an addiction, I think, because there's so many negatives. To, <laughs> there's so many negatives to getting involved. You, 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 you won't be the better for it financially. You probably won't be the better for it health-wise. Um, so very much kind of in line with drugs in that, in that sense, I think. Um, 
So it is very much an addiction, but it's it's one that any of us who've had that buzz probably can't shake, and 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 we probably all have a crack at it again if we if and when a chance uh, pops up. I'd love to go you? back as a player, Johnny. I'd love to go back as a player, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Colin Healy has my number, um, so <laughs> give me a call, Colin, anytime. anytime. <laughs> just, to, just to end up, um, obviously Shane, you're pretty well known as a Spurs fan, um. I'm not sure. I wasn't actually talking to you since. I'm not sure where you watching the Denmark Finland game, but um, how could you sum up the feeling of watching um, you know, what was unfolding? And like, as obviously you were an ex, an ex, you know, Ericsson fan when he was at Spurs, and um, I don't, I, I haven't been shocked to the core um in a long, long time. I have to say. Yeah. Um, it's hard to give an honest, an honest answer to it, Johnny, without uh, kind of almost sounding sensationalist mm. I suppose I'd quantify it by saying I'd be a, I'd be a bit of a wuss at the best of times in situations like that I wouldn't be a great man for blood or injections or, or anything going wrong like that um yeah I I was sitting there and just watching it on my own my um my sister and my mom were, were outside in the back playing with the kids and uh sorry my sister and my aunt actually were out in the back garden playing with the kids and um yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I got, I got weak. I got weak in my legs. I got weak in my knees, and I just kind of went out to the back door and called the two of them to come in and and kind of have a look. You know, they were looking at it a lot more than I was. I, I, I couldn't even keep looking at it, so I couldn't. And they were looking at, they were looking at me, thinking, wondered was I going to pass out looking at it? I was gone so, so white. Um, it's just such a, such a scary thing. It, it really was incredibly, incredibly scary. And I, I, I couldn't see how the man was going to come out alive I, I really couldn't see how the man was going to come out alive and, and thankfully it just it really really does I see you know on social media there him putting out messages today it seems to be I won't say in the full of his health but seems to have had a, a truly remarkable recovery but I mean what more can you say other than you know some of the players immediately involved um the referee and, and obviously top of the list the, the medics phenomenal 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 job they did to keep keep Christian Eriksen alive. I don't know will the man ever play soccer again. But as far as his, his wife and his, his kids are are concerned, that is the, the the absolute least of 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 their worries. They they have their uh their dad appears to be fit, alive, well and healthy. That's the thing, Neil. As well, like he's had a great career, and if you offered anyone that outcome, that he gets, he'd come out of it alive. Forget about your football career. As you're looking at his like his feet, it was almost like he was having a lep- an epileptic fit on the ground. Um, like obviously there's been a lot of debate about what they should and shouldn't have shown, but um, it just shook you to the core. Yeah, I think you both explained it very well. It, it did. I mean, it, it was just c- crazy, scary. You know, re- really, really fight- frightening. And his family watching it, it is just horror, horror kind of stuff. And 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 thankfully he's okay. Um, all that being said, I'd imagine you you know what footballers are like, right? I'd say he's waking up. He probably woke up and you know at some stage and said, right, I'm fine now. Can I play in the next game? Like you know, and and like you know, obviously the main thing is that he's okay and and he's alive, and I'm sure he'll realize that. But I'd say it's it's difficult for him as well. Like you know, obviously that's a, it's a great outcome that he's alive, but it, it is difficult for him that he'll have to retire now, essentially. Um, that, that's my understanding of it. But but listen, he, he's a very very lucky man, and 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 we're all so delighted. I I suppose you know in the football community, I think it was brilliant. 
to see the Finland and the Denmark fans, you know, shouting his name in unison. I think one of them would shout Christian and the other one would shout Ericsson or, you know, and um, I think that was really, really, really nice thing to see uh, in such an emotional event um, and, and, and gives you a bit of kind of, you know, good feeling about football again and about, you know, what football is all about, really. Um, you know, we, we, we went through all of that stuff with the, the big clubs and the breakaway stuff, which was all about greed, in my opinion, and, and not really about football. And now you see, you know, an awful situation. And, and you know, there was lovely things came out of it. As Shane described, how his captain, um, you know, really, really helped. And the medical, the, the, I mean, the medical people were just amazing. Um, so, so you know, it, you know, your heart goes out to him, but, you know, thank God he, he's all right now, you know. Thanks, William, for your time, lads. Thank you. Here's Johnny. Yeah, it was Neil Horgan and Shane Keegan. Um, yeah, Dan, I, yeah, I want to so let mad, you away on your, your holiday. I, I was wondering, you're in Photo Island. It's obviously down in that part of the world. Um, I'm sure you backed a horse Photo Island back in the day as well. But Mouse Morris, of course, yeah. Mm. No, there's no, there's no, I'm down in Cork, but there's no sense of like, you know, uh, sort of uh, people with bed sheets out the window, like protesting against what's happening in Cork at the moment or whatever. Yeah. But it is sort of mad, like, you know, there's, like the, the history of the League of Ireland is peaked by boom and bust cycles. But the, the, the mad thing about the Dundalk and Cork ones, really, um, like that, I think they're almost in some ways very different to what went before because like Cork is like a fan-owned club and, and clearly like things went, very bad mistakes were made within that structure as opposed to, I guess what I'm saying, you know, Arcaga being this big bad wolf, you know what I mean? Like that, that or you had this, benefactor pumping in money you pull the cash out you know that's not what what has happened at Cork and then in Dalk one effectively they haven't run out of money it's just you know like they just they just became they were taken over by a like they were taken over in brackets by an investment firm but in reality they've become part of a sort of a family a family drama of some description (laughs) so like it doesn't it doesn't really like it doesn't I, I, I don't know like what if you were to draw a thesis and, and give it to students to study in academia, like it doesn't follow along a, a particular pattern, you know? Um, so it, it's very, very bizarre. Um, but like, honestly, like, you know, um, very, very sad as well, you know, is, for me. You know, I think in fairness with Cork, I think Conor Healy will get a bit of time, you know, because they, he's he's a young manager. He's come in. He's a lot of young players. Um, they are performing really, really poorly. But the playoff situation is so mad in the first division that they could easily finish in the playoff spot anyway. It's just mad they got the fans back in and yet they couldn't, even that couldn't sort of mm. stimulate them. But then maybe the fans are pumping up away sides too, as we as we saw with Finn Hart last week. But um. Yeah, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the crack is. The pizza question, before I forget, uh, for start, well, we can't forget. We just have to come back and record it afterwards. We don't actually have the option to forget it. Uh, we actually have to do it. Um, the pizza yeah, we question are obliged week, to give away a pizza every week. I'm delighted to do so. Uh, did, 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 we didn't know, did we know last week's winner, did we? I can't remember. Last week's did we winner. Know I, I, oh, it was Kieran Burke, was it? It was from another podcast. I mean, I don't know about that, really. To be beautiful. Honest. There you go. I mean, it's it's... I suppose eh? that's absolutely fine, isn't it? I don't Kieran think is back to horse or two in his time as well. Well, yeah, well, I mean, he's got a pizza on the back of a of a of a rival podcast. There we go. We're open to anyone. If anyone else wants to enter, uh, from so from, open from and other podcasts. There's only a million other podcasts anyway. So mm. by the law of averages, someone are bound to be entering the, the pizza quiz. Anyway, this week's question on the Irish Welsh theme, uh, because obviously there's a 
Irish Welsh te- team to the, the European draws. Probably should have done an Icelandic one because there's just two Icelandic, but I had this in mind beforehand because there was options for Bowes to get TNS and 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 Sligo Rovers to get Bala Town and stuff. Um, but um, it, it, we ended up with Dundalk against Newtown, and and there is a st- the Newtown is relevant to um to the, this question here because I was at a, a European game, um, I'm trying to think it was a 2005 or 2006. I think it was 2005, and there are two new towns in Wales, and uh, we started driving toward the wrong one uh, when we should have been going to the other new town. Where this particular tie, which is the subject of this question, uh, Longford Town were the subject of a drubbing. Uh, in a in a European game because Bose TNS is obviously the maybe the one that's the oft quoted yeah. uh, Welsh Irish embarrassment in Europe, but there was of course another one which Longford Town were on the receiving end of in two thousand and five. What was the name of the Welsh team that gave Longford Town a drubbing? It should be a straightforward enough question for people, uh, but yeah, the team that hammered. Um, uh, the team that hammered, <laughs> the team that hammered. I'll give you a clue. <laughs> we, we might, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm actually sitting in a car at the moment. That's why I said that. But um, it's uh, yeah, the team that defeated Longford Town in 2005. Um, Do you reckon in a car and he's going to be interviewed by Jim White any moment, like saying, yeah, yeah, so over the line. Possibly so. Possibly. Yeah. What do we reckon about the, the Icelandic draws? I see uh, Starnan are down towards the bottom of the table and struggling. So, You'd have to fancy that Bowes would give it a good go. Um, and FH, our old mates, FH, are sort of mid-table. Mm. Um, and for Sligo Rovers, it's sort of, um, yeah. And, and we're speaking before the draws for the next round um, are made. But the, the, the options are quite tough for all of the clubs. And it just goes to show that the conference is a diminished competition in some respects, but it's actually still very hard. Yeah. Uh, and really... You know, it just goes to show that the best route to progress in Europe is the dock are seeded. So in theory, the pitcher is, is, is better for them um, and they're seeded for a couple of rounds if they can get through. But, but it's all about that championship. They're almost like a bipolar team that they will turn it on in Europe and probably win. That's just what they seem to do. Like they've got, they've still got excellent players. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, like they, they still ended Shamrock Rovers' unbeaten record. They still went to Pats, who are like, you know, a proper side this year, and did a proper job on them. You know, and then they, you know, so on their day, they can completely, they can completely turn it on. And that's why, like, if if Vinny can get the, the diplomatic battles right and get off on the right foot in the first couple of days, and just get people rolling with them and just say, listen, whatever's happened before. Let's just get on with this, you know, and and we're all bigger than this or whatever. Then then maybe he's got a chance. But look, that's a that's a job I, he's got. On his hand. And, and of course, of course, he needs good results because if he starts to get bad results, then then America will be on the phone. And we don't uh, want America who knows on the what phone. Who knows what they're going to say? You um, know. So I you, think you that, need good results to keep control. But anyway, we can't we can't I, talk I, about I, them forever. Yeah, Pictures I, quickly. I think I think Sligo and Bowes will do well in Europe. I think they'll perform well, and that's just a, a bland uh, thing to say. But I think they will do well. I don't know. Don't know about Dundalk. I've actually booked booked for Bratislava, Dan. Very cheap tickets. Um, probably should have looked into it a bit more, but hopefully I'll be able to go over to that game anyway. Okay. Uh, well, 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 I wish you luck with that. It's um. Yeah, it's an interesting place. I not not my favorite city in the world, but uh, maybe Only an hour I went from there. Vienna, isn't it? Maybe I went there at bad times. Yeah, no, definitely, mm. it's an hour from Vienna. Um, yeah, yeah you you 
But anyway, uh, I see they've banned traveling fans, so you'll be uh, uh, for from from the ties, which is obviously a disappointment for um, fans of the clubs who are hoping to go. They, they that's not been allowed by UEFA, uh, even though fans are able to travel for the Euros, but but not not able to travel for uh, for club games, which is a bit of a disappointment. But anyway, this weekend's fixtures quickly, John. This weekend's fixtures in the Premier Division: Bowes, Drogheda, St Pat's, Sligo, Watford, Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, Longford Town, Finn Harps, Derry City, the local derby, uh, Bray Wanderers, UCD, another local derby. Go United, Cabinteely, Athlone, Cork City, Wexford, Shelburne, and Cove Ramblers against Treaty United. Um, I'm sure Dan, your your missus loves going out. You know, loves being married to a journalist who's basically always working. And even today, you're in Fort Island, but you're talking about Ollie Horgan, and you know, you're in a yeah. car on a on a podcast. Yeah, it's not it's not great, you know. But like, I mean, that's that's what you've signed up for. That's what lot, I keep lot, saying. A lot of perks you know? involved as well. To be fair. There are, um, and, and on that yeah. note, anyway, anyway um, on that, that, note. that was that was episode <laughs> fourteen. Enjoy the rest of uh, enjoy the rest of your break with uh, the two wonderful ladies. Indeed, uh, that, the, the second one is my daughter. Just to be terrified, I'm not part of some complicated arrangement where you know you bring another woman on holidays, and um, it is my daughter. So anyway, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Let's, let's sign off the show. Clarify that. I'm sure, a lot of a lot of people had no idea that it was your daughter's friend there. And um, thanks, Mill. That was episode fourteen in association with FutureTickling.ie. The Dundalk story just goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and yeah, who knows who'll be in charge next week? Chat to you later.